With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, you've landed at the VUC, IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com for their support. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSIP.com, and you can go to GetOnSIP.com for a URL people can click to call you. We've been privileged over the last five years to be using the best conference bridge on the planet. Yes, I'm talking about ZipDX.com, full-color, full-featured, full-HD conference bridge. Our website, VUC.me on the web, is hosted by Bluehost.com. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Being as it's the end of the year, a lot of schedules are complicated, bringing people together. So we're doing this in times that are not normal. This is the VUC. We're not going to number them the same way. We've done three calls in the past two weeks. And this one will be up for the second week, right before the first edition of January. So hope you enjoy this discussion. Um, I won't even get into the complications of how it, the first version wasn't recorded and so on, but enjoy the uh, look at 2015 and 2016 from Ole Johansson, Tim Panton, James Bodie, and myself, your humble servant. Take care. Have a very happy new year and best wishes, prosperity, health for uh, 1916, <laughs> 2016. I think... Looking back, um, the the big news is that we're suddenly realizing that collecting data is a bad idea unless you really, really need it because you have to protect it. And there are just so many vulnerabilities in specifically in the IoT space where, you know, people are just losing our data hand over fist. Um, and I think that we are now realizing that that's actually going to slow down the sales in the IoT space. And uh, as, as, as old, old guys in this, who've been through this all before, it looks dreadfully like the, the rest of the internet did and specifically voice over IP did in you know, year 2000. Um, it was a whole lot of incompatible stuff, um, insecure, and really no idea about you know, how to interoperate or how to make things secure or how to handle um, identity. And, Hopefully, the IoT people we can learn from what we now, the mistakes we made. Um, and I'm hoping that, that next year is the year in which we can convince people to start listening to us um, and start taking our advice about not making the mistakes that we made. Um, to what extent that will work, I, I don't know. Right. James, you were uh, saying something about what you were looking forward to with Sims in 2016. Well, looking looking forward to doing some really quite imaginative things with Sims, um, both making Sims available to developers uh, in conjunction with an API to allow uh, individuals to set up their own 
global mobile network bits and pieces. That's one thing. And then we're going to do some, some more things with uh, very affordable things like Huawei data dongles um, and allow them to be remote controlled uh, and shared across the world. So that would be Huawei data dongles working with things like BeagleBone Black and uh, Raspberry Pi and things like that. So some little bits and pieces to be playing with. Sounds good. We have Ole Johansson with us, special guest star who has patiently been waiting two and a half hours to speak. Uh, Ole, let, let's get back into uh, TLS, reminding people that when they hear HTTPS or um, SSL, we're no longer talking about that, we're talking about transport level security. And uh, give another little uh, paragraph on your efforts for 2015 before we move on, because we missed that before. Yeah, during 2015, I started local groups here in Sweden where we discussed TLS and we trained developers, we trained uh, system managers in TLS. And it's working very well. And we also discussed two-factor authentication, PKI systems, a lot of related stuff. And it's really, really fun to start your own groups. I worked with uh, security in eHealth. I worked with security in VoIP and other areas, and I'm really looking forward to teaching many more people during 2016. And the really cool stuff is that there's a lot of new energy in this area, a lot of changes, a lot of the old truth doesn't exist anymore. We're looking at security and networking from a lot of new perspectives, uh, trying to find ways to avoid certificates when we don't need them, to work with certificates, but in new ways without the big uh, cumbersome certificate authorities. We're looking at ways of trying to find out what's happening in the certificate authorities to review their work online all the time. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening that hopefully we can implement quickly in this area. But uh, I also followed him into the world of Internet of Things. There's a very interesting intersection between what we've been doing in the real-time area and the real-time data flows in the Internet of Things world. And we need to look specifically into data integrity, into our all our identities, how the identities are handled and who owns them. I want to own my own set of identities myself. So we still have a lot of fun work to do and uh, looking forward to chatting about it every Friday. Is OpenID still a thing? Because that was the response, what, five years ago or more? And I haven't seen much talk oh. on it. Is that still a thing? OpenID is still uh, around. It's powered now by a new standard called OAuth 2. So OpenID is kind of renamed into something called OpenID Connect, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting profile of OAuth. And that's something I've been working with in many different projects now. Uh, if you look at the projects I've been working with during 2015, a common, uh, I would say, nominator is OpenID or OAuth or identity handling, uh, API-driven design. And that's why I also created a new module in Camellio called Curl in order to work with various AI servers from inside of Camellio in a very interactive way. 
So, yeah, open ID is still around. Yeah, but there are limitations to OAuth 2 and open, an open ID. It's not the uh, panacea to, to everything. No, not at all. So, um, so if you want to do some really good stuff, um, I'm still a great proponent of things like SIM cards. <laughs> I can't of course. Think why. And fobs and fobs too. Well, no, no. Well, fobs are, are tricky because you've you've got to uh, interwork with them. You've got to um, make them kind of communicate with the outside world and. And some cards are easier because they t tend to fit into to mobile phones, and then you've got access to the GSM signaling channel, and uh, you can do that securely. And it's free, and it's always on. Um, right. It's kind of a bit easier, if you see what I mean. What about and, the, and they're cheaper too. What about the services? How does everybody feel about mm -hmm. the uh, services offered by Google, by Twitter? You can you can log in on only Facebook, obviously, and uh, whatever else there is. Even even LinkedIn, kind of the last place I would trust with my ID is LinkedIn, I'm sorry to say. But uh, I avoid all of these and generally end up creating an account, yet another account with my email and a password. But what is your take? Um, we can start with Tim and move around the table. What is your take on using somebody else's? Now, isn't that based on OAuth, by the way, or something similar? Um, well, uh, so some of them support OAuth. So I'm not sure they use it internally. I think they offer it as an external API. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm torn on this stuff. I mean, if you're going to use something like Google, um, then you should be using some kind of two-factor authentication. Um, and I'm increasingly skeptical about the ability of, um, of uh, the, cha the, the use of mobile phone network as the second channel. Right. Um, so getting your, your confirmation ID via SMS or whatever, I, I think that's increasingly spoofable. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I've so got a really good demo I can do with that. Mm -hmm. So, so that, I think that, that is something I'm moving away from. And Ola pushed, put me in the direction of the YubiKeys, and I'm using those for second-factor authentication for, um, for those for Google and for GitHub. And uh, there was one other, and I can't remember who else. Somebody else supports it. Not everybody does yet, um, they're, but they're members of the FIDO Alliance, so I'm hoping that that's going to spread um, quite, a, quite a way. So I think that's very interesting as a, as a, as a platform. Um, but I think the other thing is, is to try and, um, to some extent, to try and lessen this dependence on the centralization. Uh, I'm, I'm immensely proud of the small part that we had in making sure that WebRTC functions in a peer-to-peer -peer way and that doesn't require a central authority. Um, sure, it requires a web server, but you get to choose that yourself. And from there on in, it doesn't require any central authority. You know, you're pretty much DNS and web, and then from then on, you're, you're your own master. Um, and I think that, that those decisions have proved to be, to be honest, more right than I knew at the time. Um, and I'm, I'm an increasingly pleased with the way that they've turned out and increasingly pleased that the same rules apply to the data channel. So the data channel is, is now turning into a really interesting peer-to-peer -peer channel that will go through NAT and um, firewalls and will also do that in a way that is encrypted end-to-end. -end. And I think that's, 
that's going to be a resource that I'm hoping to use more and more in 2016. I think it's a it's a fantastic opportunity. It's a little bit heavyweight, but I think it's just great that it's there. And I'm really, you know, um, really optimistic about what we can do with it. And it moves all that code beyond the simple uh, 10,000 iterations of video conferences. Um, other interesting things will be done with it. So that's that's excellent. I, I want to mention in passing, we talk about centra- centralized authority. It's really hard to, te- to, te- to um, trust any of them. Uh, remember, NSI had a lot of data, network solutions, lots of data on uh, .orgs, and suddenly somebody just published the whole file. <laughs> in fact, I think they emailed it to everybody, and it was like a huge, huge database that they emailed out. That was hacked into what? maybe eight years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure, didn't VeriSign have a problem with counterfeit too? I mean, who can you trust, basically? And so you've already given the answer to that. Move on to uh, Uli, I guess, on any of this. And he's muted, or else I'm muted. Is he still there? I don't know, but apparently you can hear me. I can see him. I can see him too. Well, let's move to James and hope he comes back. Yes, James, take it away. Take your pink microphone and... Put it in front of your mouth. <laughs> now you've completely put me off. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just looking back over some of the uh, the notes from earlier. Yes, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's using he's a Chrome back. WebRTC browser. Here he comes back. now. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that may Is be the there? problem. Well, he's synced up. Go, go ahead, and uh, he'll he'll come in when he's ready. Um, yeah, I'm just looking back over the the, the notes um, from earlier in the, the year, and in particular, Daniel Wagner Hall from Matrix.org did a really brilliant uh, presentation in Chicago about authentication, and he went over the uh, strengths and weaknesses of all the different types of authentication, uh, which led to the the, the conclusion of why. Um, the matrix.org use um, the, the the mechanism they do, which is I'm just trying to remember exactly what it is, but it's very clever. It's asymmetric and it varies with time, and it has blockchain in it as well. And I'm I, and I'm struggling a little bit here. Is already back with us yet? I no. <laughs> I see him, and he just yes, buzzword bingo. bingo. Yes. I think I think he must be. If he can spot that as buzzword bingo, he must be there. Maybe <laughs> maybe still us. muted there. He can hear us, but he can't speak. I'm here. Oh, okay, go. Oh, there he is. Yes, he's here. And he's on my left, which is great. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Are you going to say something there? No, what, what no, I'm pop up about. We were, we, we were talking about centralization and decentralization and the merits of Central thereof. authority, yeah. yeah when, when WebRTC was designed, I was a bit worried about not having um, any signaling protocol, not having open standards. And we've seen that it actually is a way to build a lot of isolated islands. But on the other hand, I see that WebRTC is leaving the browser and turns out to be something like SIP 2.0, uh, where you do a lot of cool things on various platforms without bothering with browser and apps. And it opens up for natraversal in ways we should have fixed it for, with SIP. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting year, but we need the, the identity handling in all of this. And we need a decentralized identity handling on the net. What, 
What about Dan York's uh, drum that he's beating all the time about the directory dilemma? We mo- are we moving anywhere with that? Well, everyone is talking about that. Remember email, when email arrived, everyone said that, oh, there's no directory, and people started producing directories that generated more spam. We, we manage pretty well in email without a central directory. We can find each other without a central directory. So I don't I think... think- and, and you don't have to don't have one sin- single system of keys to find a person. You can have multiple ones. So, for example, you can have your email address as one key, and you can also have an E164 telephone number, which will take you to the same place. So, or some other keys. anonymous. Indeed. Yeah, you can have your multiple persona on different uh, addresses, which then get handled in different ways, but lead you to the same same physical person, um, but you just handle okay. the way you get there in, in different ways. If that makes sense, it probably doesn't. Yeah. And I, I choose to publish one persona as a public persona that can be looked up using Google. Okay. Yeah. But I, don't, I think most of the people that ask for a directory apply an old paradigm. They apply the telephone network and the telephone books and all of that. Well, that on well, to a new that's way. That's so old-fashioned, though, isn't it? We can do much better than that. I'm thinking of a scenario. One oh, scenario yeah. is that Uli uh, can give uh, a different E164 number to each one of his six girlfriends. And that, in, in that way, when he's with girlfriend number one, they, uh, the calls from girlfriends two to six uh, are routed through to voicemail. Through to his wife. Or, or to an AI. <laughs> To an AI that knows just that knows what to say to each one of them. <laughs> and you then, old smoothie, and, you, yeah. And, and then, well, then when he moves on and, and, and re- recycles them, he can just discontinue yeah. the number and send send all all calls to that number to Tim or something like that. Or in fact, how, back, how many of Randy? Actually, the other day I was trying to do some testing and I called myself and the call was refused on the basis that I was anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I yeah. that. How many of you re- remember the first asterisk manual? The what ma- asterisk ma- manual? The, there was one example. Yeah, Mark Spencer actually started writing an asterisk manual, two, three pages long. But there was one dial plan example, which was the anti-ex-girlfriend exam- uh, example. And I st- I'm still wondering, why did Mark Spencer write an anti-ex-girlfriend <laughs> battle plan? Indeed. Although, actually, in, in coming back to Asterisk, I think Asterisk's, um, um, the Dundee protocol is actually really interesting. And I think may something like it, we may see a, um, a resurgence. Where um, So Dundee has this thing where, if your asterisk doesn't know how to reach somebody, it asks a friend. So it asks its peer asterisk, do you guys know how to reach Randy? And they then say, yeah, no, I've, Randy's in my dial plan. Or they say, no, but I know somebody who does. And that, that query then passes around the Dundee cloud until it resolves to, to a, an endpoint. Or if there is no overlap, it doesn't. So I think that's a, that's a very interesting model. Um, Somewhat less deterministic than the distributed hash table algorithms that everyone else is using. But I think Dundee was really 
very interesting in that respect. And I'm I'm kind of toying with the idea of trying to implement it again in you know in a kind of web RTC way, but it's um it's not a thing I've uh, got time for at the moment. Yeah, I think the terminology for that is flood is flood search, where you, where you don't know where an endpoint is, and you just initiate a, a flood uh, out to the network and. Uh, and then when somebody finds out that they know it, they, they respond. It's used quite extensively in mobile networks. Sorry. Sorry, Yuli, I went over the top of you. Oh, no worries. But that, now you're not going to say anything to make me feel bad. You've forgotten, haven't you? Still trying. You've forgotten what you were yeah. going to say. You've forgotten Dundee. Uh, you can't have forgotten Dundee. No, he's no, Googleizing it now. But it's kind of interesting when you talk about mesh networking and the Internet of Things, uh, uh, using that kind of protocol to find the other thing at the other end of the mesh because there's no single path through the mesh. The mesh keeps changing. Absolutely. You have to have a discovery protocol like that. And then there are, interesting. And then there are variations. You, you, you can either say, have you got a route to this endpoint? Or you can say things like, I'm looking for this endpoint. If you see him, let me know. So that if you've got a mobile endpoint or a nomadic one, all of a sudden it, it, it then attaches itself somewhere to the network and the, the network goes, aha, well, it's looking for him. And then sends oh. a, a signaling message back saying, naughty Tim has popped up on my on, on my node. And then you can then kick off a process that, Snares him. Isn't Snares this, him. Isn't this the whole point of these automatic check-ins where people tweet every 20 seconds where they are and they don't even know they're doing it and it becomes quickly irritating, of course. But the point is that if you really want to know... Well, if you've got is, an Apple... Yeah. Go ahead. If you've got an Apple or an Android phone, they're doing that all the time anyway. But not everybody can and, see it, depending well, on how you have this... Well, well it depends what your, your permission... Right. Are, are set up as, but certainly uh, Cupertino and Mountain View are seeing yeah. um, all the data. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but Ab absolutely, and, uh, it's funny. We we're, we're listening to a discussion the other day, and somebody said, "Oh, and of course, um, um, Google have been sending cars around to map Wi-Fi access points for maps." And I'm thinking, that's people are still talking about that cover story and it's not the case i mean 99.999% of the data uh, on wireless access points is collected by android handsets because yeah. uh, routinely as they they go around doing their normal business they just scoop up all the data they can find and send it back to uh, back to mountain view come to think of it wasn't there a huge lawsuit on that uh, about 5 years ago yeah they lost in Germany. They lost a, lost a case in Germany on that. But um, uh, speaking of these sorts of things, uh, I want to throw in a, um, a, a reminder to anyone who's got a spare um, half hour or so to watch a random, it, it actually really doesn't matter which one, but watch a random talk from the CCC conference, which is taking place right now in, in Hamburg. There are a whole selection of brilliant talks on security going on. Um, in, in, in either in kind of tiny, niche little things that are just fascinating about how to hack Barbie or whatever, or, or, or one that I watched yesterday, which was about the Vassanar Convention. So the Convention on Export of 
weaponry um, is being expanded to cover surveillance equipment. And it's being expanded in the most bizarre and ridiculous way. Um, and, and much, so there's two very funny things that came out of this talk, so I'll slightly spoil it for anyone. But um, one of which was that this, um, that the, it, it has this whole set of things about whether you can tell whether surveillance is, is, um, is, is weaponry or not. And then it says, but not, none of these apply if it's used for marketing purposes. So, you know, it's weaponry until you say, oh, it's only for marketing. And then that's all right. So that was or, fascinating. Or, or, or it's, it's only there for public safety, which, of course, yep. we, need, we need to know where you are in order to send the ambulance to your correct address. So, so that, that was one. And then the other thing that was brilliant is they're, they're very strict about exporting. They're trying to come up with rules about exporting vulnerabilities. Um, so there was one of the, one of the researchers, uh, Meredith Patterson, was saying that she's in deep trouble because she is an American living in Belgium. And it basically means that she can't think about vulnerabilities anymore without making it available to both nationalities. So if she's thinking in, in, with her Belgian hat on, then she's also informing the Americans of this vulnerability. And so she's, according to the language of the, the Vassenaar Convention, she's exporting a vulnerability from Belgium to America, and she needs a license for that. So she's basically saying that she's now no longer able to, to, to think um, about vulnerabilities without exporting them from one country to another by accident, which I thought was endearing. I, I obviously, it's not what they intended from it, but it's, to, it's, a, it's a measure of how um, difficult it is to come up with useful language in this sense. So anyway, um, that's a slight aside, but the CCC talks are absolutely spectacularly good um, if you're are. at all interested in security. They certainly are. And uh, is, is there one coming up? shortly between christmas and new year it's now it's running now is it um, oh, I, 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 I ought to be watching it because yeah, last year there was an absolutely brilliant presentation showing uh live hacking of, of gsm calls and uh, in fact if you watch the video you'll note that whilst he's doing the demonstration uh he receives uh four inbound calls and i have to admit two of them were me because i had to make sure that the numbers that he was using actually were the numbers he said he was using and that the thing was not a put-up job, which, of course, it, it wasn't. It was live. Um, so uh, I was able to uh, uh, mirror him step by step and, um, and do the queries that he was doing, which was extremely interesting. Yes. And all he says, last year, CCC uh, had a whole load of SS7 revelations and Yes, they did, and, uh, and the videos are still there. And that had an interesting consequence, which was that um, the, it's, this is denied by all parties, but the consequence of that was that they had their um, GSM test license revoked, or rather not renewed. So traditionally, the CCC run a, a, a GSM network within the building, um, which actually relays the talks and does simultaneous translation into other languages over uh, GSM. But um, that got, uh, they didn't get that this year. The, the, the carrier just declined to let them have it this year, whereas it, traditionally they always got it. So okay. um, uh, that uh, may uh, be related. Another, another thing that was interesting is that, is that within a day, the operator 
upon whose network this demonstration was uh, taking place um, changed things so that now if you do exactly the same uh, query, you don't get back the real MC, you get back a dummy. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so they kind of fixed it. Um, well, uh, well, fixed it for uh, SS7 queries coming from strange external places. Of course, if you're a proper bona fide, fide uh, uh, mobile network operator who has bilateral agreements with said operator, then, of course, it still works. But if you're using some kind of dodgy signaling <laughs> transfer point, then it won't. What I was about to say, though, is I think it's time to plug whatever your pet project is or give some links on things people might want to look at. By the way, the search, uh, the hashtag is 32C3. I realize that it'll be over by the time anybody hears this, but at the same time, I think you can still find those talks based on that hashtag, which means, what, is this the 32nd? Could it be CCC? Is that possible? Doesn't seem right. Oh, ccc.de. Thank you, Lee. Is the site. Yeah, except that's in German. Oh, well... The 323C will bring you the different talk. There's a lot of people tweeting and retweeting all the different concepts and things that were said, but um, that'll that'll get you to it somehow. Oh, and you, you add an en, so it's www.ccc.de/en for the English. For those of us who don't manage enough languages. Um, yeah, well, no, my my German's terrible or non-existent actually. It's overridden by Dutch. So um, yeah, pet projects. I think um, I think. Internet of Things uh, security. Um, I, I love it. I, I love the fact that all of the small tricks and techniques and being economical with stuff is important again. Um, I think that's just it, it's it's all the old things I used to be able to do. I can do again, which is glorious. So one URL to send people to just for the heck of it. Oh, well, uh, the best URL still is yopet.us. It's it's. Um, it actually still works, and it's, uh, it, it shows all of my, um, my ideas pretty much. That's great. And by the way, you can probably meet many of the people on the call, or as Donald Trump would say, many, many of the people on the call, even though there's only four, four of us, by uh, being at one of the uh, yearly meetings uh, over the years. I should say over, right, I should say over the year, I meant. And yes, Camelio World is maybe the next one. 18th to 20th of May in Berlin. There it is. And I think we may all be there, hopefully. Anyway, James, what would be your plug for uh, people to go look at since they've, been, they've taken the trouble of listening to this whole call? What else? Where should they go now? Truefilm.com? Um, no, I think um, uh, the Tad Hack Tad Summit sites are probably a really, really good place to good go um, for finding... Uh, a whole bunch of people who support telecoms application developers. So all the usual suspects are up there, including us. But good it's point. not just us. It's, it's all the other good people as well. Good point. That's a good call. Tadhack.com, tadsummit.com. Look those things up. Search on them. They're all over social media. There's a lot of interesting things. Huge number of uh, very, very interesting projects, including, by the way, we mentioned Roger Voice in the other call. The one that didn't get recorded. <laughs> and uh, there, uh, there's a whole bunch of work being done for people who have problems with hearing and also with vision in other areas. And all of that is being driven by some of this stuff. It's really interesting that we're moving that direction. Ule, 
What what do you, what can you plug? Uh, I want to plug Camelio.org, the world's best zip server with WebRTC and other support. And I want to plug GoPet.us because there's a lot of cool stuff I would like to have been doing on that site. Oh, come on, Oli. Um, don't, 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 don't encourage Tim. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's, it is it's dangerous. dangerous. It is dangerous. Uh, and I also would like to plug Kiva.org. We in the VoIP user community have been doing great things there, and we need to raise the bar and get more money in the VoIP users community group on Kiva.org. That's right. So uh, be a successful capitalist, sponsor some projects on Kiva.org. Yep. We've done a lot of good. We probably have a thousand loans to our name at least. Dangerous demos. Yep. We're doing that too. In fact, this was a, a dangerous demo was on the last call that didn't get recorded. Anyway, we're going to say goodbye to everybody and we'll see you on next year's VUC starting January 8th, right? Uh, which will be Tsagi, and he's going to be talking about PAAS platform as a service. Sagi, you said Soki. He said he told me Sagi. That's what he told me. Sagi. 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 He gives it a G. So we'll talk. We'll find out. Does he? Yes. Well, that sounds just. Can anyone so- confirm? Can anyone confirm that? To me. Well, probably he will when he turns up. All right. Never mind. Uh, Whatever it is, it's spelled T-S-A-H-I in our alphabet. But the point is, the man's a genius. He's a very interesting person. He's a good uh, speaker. And um, join us the 8th of January 2016 for that. And then also, we hope to be talking to a whole bunch of interesting people besides the core membership that's with us today in 2016. So see you then. Thanks, everybody. Toodle pip. Bye. Cheers. Cheerio. <laughs> hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our host at PBX is provided by OnSIP.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.